This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 596 for the week of Sunday, November 17th, 2019. My name is Ed. And my name is Alex. And joining us this week, we have uh, first our very special guest, translator for One Piece and Weekly Shonen Jump, Stephen Paul is here. Hey, here I am. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming by. Uh, we also have um, our, our anime recap host, uh, Sam Leach, also anime news network one piece podcast one piece reviewer we all live in a pokemon world <laughs> we do <laughs> God. 10 minutes of pokemon talk before we even got to record today anyway <laughs> uh we also have a very special guest youtube sensation rogers bases here that's right i am also obsessed with pokemon i'm happy to be here and uh, hashtag score bunny squad thank you roger and uh, also we have from rick and morty uh animation director brian newton is here uh, contrary to Sam's opinion, we all live in the yellow submarine, and also hashtag score pride. Score, <laughs> score, pride, score. I thought we all lived in the spice world. Yeah, fire type for life. <laughs> you know, uh, you can tell that Ed doesn't play Pokemon because he calls it uh, Pokemon. Yes, that's accurate. <laughs> like, you guys <laughs> were saying a, a whole bunch of words that I didn't understand before, and now yeah. I'm just. I, my it. parents call it Pokemon, like Poke Monsters. I called it Pokemon until somebody said that was weird, and now I say Pokemon. That's well, right. it is weird. So, <laughs> good <laughs> job, kids. <Sam. laughs> Crazy kids in your chin Pokemon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this week on the podcast, yeah. we got a manga recap of chapter 962, Daimyo and Vassals. We've also got an anime recap for episode 910. Sam, do you have the title of that episode? The title of that episode is A Legendary Samurai, The Man Who Roger Admired. All right, cool. And we've also got, uh, we might have on this episode or possibly on a future episode, a recording of uh, Steve and Zach doing a panel at NYC, which uh, basically turned into a live anime recap. So we may have two anime recaps on this episode or possibly... Manga recap, that's right. Uh, we can do another anime recap if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good episode this week, but I've had quite enough. Um <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, so we also had uh, Stephen. You said that the uh, the, the color Ill- illustration video for the new manga volume had been released. Yeah, they've been um, uh, continuing this sort of pattern of teasing out um, like uh, different versions. Uh, volume ninety five is going to be coming out uh, rather than at the start of the year. They, they are pushing out. I don't know if this is all of the January jump releases, but. Uh, they're pushing out in Japan, uh, a bunch of them in the last week of December instead. So, um, yeah, d- Volume 95 should be coming out a little bit after Christmas, I believe. Uh, and they have been uh, teased. First, they teased the line art that Oda did, which uh, features, what is it? It's Brooke, Luffy, and Chopper in their uh, samurai armor. And then they have in the corners of the background, they have the uh, bounty posters for the um, the four emperors. Uh, and then that that was like, what, about a week or so ago? And then just in the last, I wouldn't say 48 hours, they were putting out uh, like Instagram videos and Twitter videos of Oda doing some... Uh, not like he wasn't technically coloring it in the way it was. He was basically experimenting. Like he was using the digital coloring to mess around with the coloring. And, uh, once he, you know, gets that finalized, then he will actually color in, you know, physically color in the, um, the art itself. But, uh, it was pretty cool. Have they confirmed that that's his process? 
I mean, I don't know if that's like, you know, his process process or if that's just what he did this time, because it, you know, it's I mean, it feels like we see a different thing each time. Right. Yeah. I mean, every every the last few volumes we've gotten these process pictures for and I've, yeah. I've been like putting a magnifying glass up against them to see if like is are, are they like just fully digitally colored now or is this just for reference? Is this just for playing around? I, I think, think they are full, for reference. I don't think he digitally, yeah, he doesn't yeah, do it color. They have the, like, not too long ago, they had at Shueisha, they had up the, like, originals of the color spreads, and they're all still um, colored by hand. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's just yeah. doing it okay. for color um, tests. Apologies yeah. for not uh, introducing you, Maddie. I wasn't sure if you were uh, to. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, you know how I am. I'll yeah. chime in when I need to. <laughs> <laughs> are you also playing Pokemon in the background right now? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no. But you know, don't give me ideas, it. Roger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I I am not confirming nor denying that I am currently saving and taking screenshots of Pokemon so I can make a tweet right now. <laughs> right, Multitasking. So, yeah. So yeah. Has, has anyone watched the? Um, anyone else watched the? Because I haven't I haven't seen the video. So um, anyway, any, yeah, any, any, any thoughts on the on on the, I was cover surprised he was- or the video? Yeah. I'm surprised it looks like he's coloring the the Emperor's Wanted posters because, like in Volume 90, there you've got Luffy's Wanted poster, but it's still the the sepia mm. tone. Mm. Well, yeah, rainbowy, w- right? I I wonder if he will do that or if he'll just like kind of slightly sepia tone, but that it's otherwise a little more colorful or or what? That'll be interesting. I definitely, yeah. I definitely had that moment when I first saw it where I didn't recognize right away that it was the bounty posters, and I was like. <laughs> Man, that looks like the exact same thing as like Shanks that he drew at some point. I feel like he's just copying himself. <laughs> I didn't realize it was, <laughs> that it was a poster. So yeah, but yeah, I'm curious. Just a face that Shanks just makes all the time. That's his default. Yeah. He's got uh, a yeah. resting uh, wanted face. <laughs> profile, profile photo yeah. face. Yeah, I gotta I say like, rest- though, Shanks face. You guys are probably right that the colors may be changed a little bit by the ending, but I actually do like the rainbow color scheme of having the four bounty posters in the background. Like, it's I just went great. on Twitter and I clicked the video, and I, I didn't watch the whole process before. I just saw the little clip of it, but it looks really cool. And I'm sure that's going to stand out when the volume actually gets released. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Do it, Oda. <laughs> All right. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> anybody have any anything they wanted to mention before we get into the manga recap? No. All right, let's uh, let's go straight into it then. This is the manga recap for chapter nine hundred and sixty-two, Daimyo and Vassals, and on the cover of the uh, manga this week we have uh, the real culprit who has been giving smooches all over Dressrosa. It is. Uh, I should say, this is Gang Bitches' Oh My Family, Volume 12, found the Navy chasing a drunken vacuum kissaholic, and it's 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 Queen Orca Vacusuck, and she has learned the exact wrong lesson from her encounter with Senior Pink. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She's, yes. Oh, yeah, I got oh, it. Oh, boy. I was, I was trying to figure out if this was payoff from the worst chapter of One Piece. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I, the best thing about this is Vito, like, ducking his head and, like, trying to get away unsmooched. Yeah. Yeah, Equal opportunity, unsolicited smooching. Yeah, well, honestly, yeah. She's, she's living up to her name. She's giving all these guys hickeys. She, yeah. That's true. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it was smooching everybody. Yeah. My brother. God, that poor. <laughs> that, that poor. Uh, that poor sailor. His yeah. face is getting ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vacuums with uh, dirty faces. What was the name of that movie from Home? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, angels uh, with angels dirty with souls. Dirty. Yeah, <laughs> vacuums yeah. with dirty souls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, ten. Yeah. <laughs> Which was also used in the uh, Detective Pikachu movie. That's right. That's wow. right. That was a fun that's, little. That was a fun. Part uh, more Pokemon. I love this. Please get, bring it on. Come on, more Pokemon references. <laughs> I'm digging it. It's very timely. All right. Uh, does anyone it have any, anything else they want to mention? Or do you just want to move on from this? Let's uh, let's keep going. <laughs> if I was if I was on that just scene, I, be, I would be. Pull. I would keep going. Okay. Yeah, pull a veto. Let's just That's turn right. away and keep let's walking. Pull mm-hmm. pull a veto. That's what we call pulling a veto. Just <laughs> if you see something that you don't want to be associated, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. Uh, so back in Hakumai, Wano, uh, Odin is in Yasuye's um, castle, and he says, "What, Odin? You're leaving?" And uh, well, there'll be less ruckus, but things will get so boring. And Odin replies, I understand there's a monster living in Kuri, an ogre by the name of Ashura Doji. Oddly enough, this <laughs> this was depicted in the anime this week. So, um, hmm. Yasuye continues, Kuri is the cancer of Wano. Even Lord Tsukiyaki cannot control it. Uh, if a criminal escapes to Kuri, the authorities are powerless to get them back. But if he does not have the strength to survive in Kuri, only death awaits him. It's so lawless, it might as well be another country. It was like, sounds fun. Perhaps I'll take a little tour around Wano. Yeah, I'm just going to wander wander on in. And, uh, yeah. So he says, just look at this, sir. This is the room he was staying in. Uh, so Odin has departed, and he has left quite a mess. Uh, That's like the, the who are staying there. Yeah. Where's the shark? Yeah. Uh, how does one turn a living space into this state? You gotta bill him for the repairs. <laughs> no, he's, um, he's bashed the stampede. He's, he's a natural disaster. Um, <laughs> you're, you're too soft on Odin, Lord Yasuye. Uh, but then we hear, uh, Yasuye say, the money's gone. And one of his guys says, yes, I put it right here in the safe. And, uh, uh look who it is. A little scumbag. Uh, it says, uh, <laughs> it pains me to say this, my lord, but I did witness the act. Uh, I saw, well, I saw, I saw Lord Odin slipping the money into his sleeve. Yeah. I, I saw him do it. I knew it was him. <laughs> or, or no, this is the other guy. I knew it was him. This is how he repays us. It's unforgivable. But, uh, yeah, Suye correctly notes, Odin wouldn't steal it. He'd just take it and just put it, he'd just take it right out in broad, broad daylight. <laughs> uh, but he, so he, he questions him. He says, you're sure of this Orochi? And you can see him squirm a little bit. And, uh, he says, "Yeah, y- yes, my lord. I, I apologize. I-, I was, I was too afraid to stop him." As he like grins with his eyes closed, very sort of obsequiously. And Yasui's like, "This guy's full of shit." He doesn't actually say that. <laughs> he's just thinking it. Stop, yeah, all but over his face. He- He's ma- he's doing the universal sign of trustworthiness, which is like that hand washing motion <laughs> where he's rubbing his hands. Wait, what, who is he? The attorney villain did that once. What what is what is he? What he's like one of the Trade Federation guys from episode one. Oh God. God. Oh God. Yeah. We, we don't talk uh, we, about yeah, that. We, we don't never need to talk go. about them. Yeah. <laughs> never. <laughs> okay. Uh, Steven, uh, you're, you're next. Yeah. So, uh, Kozuki Oden's party 
then left Hakumai and headed for Kuri, causing trouble all over Wano as they traveled. And uh, the the use of the word party is uh, a little ironic there because uh, Odin is like, wait, you guys are following? How long are you going to keep following me? And uh, there's Denjiro and Kinemon, and they're just his groupies, basically. Oh, we'll follow you as far as you'll go. We really love you, man. And uh, he makes an incredible face <laughs> there. And one That's of them is like, it. oh, he does not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that face. It's this is the best face. Yeah, it's a great expression. Uh, and uh, true to, I think, Oda's like uh, sort of flashback slash montage style, uh, he gives you a different look every time he switches the, the scenes. So uh, now they're uh, outside of some some building. It looks like this might be abandoned because it kind of looks like the um, like the shoji screens are kind of like popped out uh, in the background. But it's raining and they are standing guard uh, outside, out in the rain. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, what they're, they're trying to guard him. They're servants. And he's like, just get under the roof, you idiots. Uh, so he's clearly accepted them by now. And, uh, well, they're like, well, what, what are you doing? And he is uh, sitting at a table by candlelight uh, with a brush. And he says he's keeping a journal because apparently Voyagers overseas write in them every day while on their ships. So Odin is already practicing being a pirate you mean his captain's log yeah yep that's exactly what he is referring to yes the ship the ship log uh as far back as so what was the first arc that we heard that uh baratier with um yeah don krieg oh yeah yep and uh and then we get a setup here that uh, what follows is a series of excerpts from odin's travel notes and he says, in Ringo, we met two hungry urchin brothers. They tried to make money by dancing, but the townsfolk were cold to them. And we see that uh, this is not only a little tiny Kikunojo, but also the son of the Hanayanagi dance master, Izo. Hey. And uh, yeah, there we go. Who saw this, this coming? Is a, this is a reveal that they're actually related, right? Yes, yeah. that they're yeah. siblings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Toto uh, was kind of teasing a connection in the SBS recently, wasn't he? Right, he, he right. Was like he the, was like uh, the 10th uh, Division Commander of Whitebeard Pirates, something like that. Yeah, I, for, yeah, I forget the number. But um, yeah, this is a, a pretty clever uh, reveal, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it, actually, th- I'm not really sure what uh, ex- what exactly Oda was going for with the Hanayanagi Dance Master. Uh, in doing some research, I found that there is an actual... like. A traditional dance school that is called Hanayagi, and it uses the same kanji. So I think maybe Odo was just like, okay, I'm just going to take a real thing and put a, a little tiny twist on it, so it is not, um, uh, you know, defaming anyone, and uh, and just kind of went with it. So uh, we find out that these were the sons of a traditional dancing school, but when their father was arrested, the family split apart, and uh, we get this tiny little drawing here of um they're all gathered around the pot of odin and you see the these tiny little scamps just like you can barely even see them but you can tell from like the sweats the sweat marks that they're just like busy eating away and odin is yelling at the i didn't say you could eat uh the little brats started gobbling up our odin and crying and uh meanwhile in Kibi, we came across a monstrous creature that cut the hair off of both the living and the dead. And we see this like horror movie scene where 
there's like a corpse with its uh, hair chopped off in the foreground, and there's people running and screaming shrunken as head. a yeah, or a shrunken head. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Uh, as a a figure is slicing off the uh, the hair of its uh, victim. It turned out to be a little freak who sold brushes made with hair for a living. <laughs> little freak. Yeah. He tried to go after my hair, and once I walloped him, he started following us. And we see that this is Goblin of Kibi Kanjuro. And he's like, oh, I give, I give. I thought you were a corpse. Uh, he said he was persecuted for this in the past. If you ask me, he deserved it. Um, <laughs> like some, owns like some beat cop. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure this is a reference to some kind of yokai. Uh, that, wait, wait, wait. No, like, hold on, know. Brian. Are you saying this is Law and Odin? Oh, oh God! God. Oh, Jesus I mean, write Christ. it down. I mean, you did it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to write that down. Um, yeah. So, uh, Goblin, uh, what's that? What was that? that was the yokai in Japanese? Yeah. Oh, wait, so that, it was the yokai hmm. of Kibi. Yeah, we we never really like formally introduced that term in this series in the in this arc, which. It's like something. It's like the more times that it shows up, the more that I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I had found a way to establish uh, that that word just to make this a little easier. But um, I'm pretty sure this is referring to some actual kind of uh, mm. traditional yokai that that chops people's hair off. Um, I'm sure Joey's listening to this right now and just yeah, yelling. Probably, like, yeah. It's it's this. It's this. I mean, he hasn't watched 80 episodes of Gekigai no Kitaro for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised that that was even something that needed to be translated, though. And like knowing Yokai Watch is obviously a series people are familiar with in America, and it is kind of still like a weird thing. But um, it's right on the it's right it's, on the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like right on the line where yeah, you don't want to isolate people and say, oh, if you're not familiar with this weird. Obs-. I mean, it's, again, it's it's obscure, but it's just a little too obscure for mainstream audiences. So sure, yeah. Uh, so we're on the next page, and the journal entries continue. In the deep forests of Udon, rumor spoke of an infamous bandit who kidnapped women and beaten men half to death. Uh, and we see in, in the brush uh, right above them is a shadowy figure who is pondering why they're following him. Uh, but the entry continues. It only turned out to be the genius ninja Raizo, who quit the Kozuki clan's Oniwanbashu uh, after a, after a uh, Kunoichi turned him down. Uh, I bet I know which one that was. <laughs> and he says, uh, "Yeah, he says, oh, I'm at my wit's end, Lord Odin. I can't live. I cannot live in the shadows." And here he is, uh, a younger version of our our former Kozuki uh, Oniwabanshu Raizo. Um, and in the lawless land of Kuri, uh, we see the uh, the the ogre, the uh, the oni, known as. Um, Known as uh, the strongest monster in Korea, Ashura Doji, and uh, he has a big, uh, a giant sake, uh, giant sake cup that he is filling with the uh, the blood of what I presume to be a venomous snake, uh, just to show us how how badass and evil he is. Um, very, uh, very scary. Uh, he towers over his uh, his flunkies, and he says, "Kozuki Odin's in Korea. He's got the Shogun's bloodline. I want to kill him." Capture him and bring him to me. Uh, and he's, uh, he mentions that if he hates anyone, it's the high and mighty. So we already ha- we have some a uh, little bit of a, a character, a little character background for for our buddy uh, Shuten Maru. Uh, so we all our uh, our party are uh, one two three four five. You know, our six samurai are are sitting around the big pot of Odin. 
making camp and uh, while well, they're wondering where uh, where Odin has gone to, and apparently he went south to uh, <coughs> fertilize nature. Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, one of them remarks, "Wasn't that yesterday?" Uh, you know how he is. He vanishes for a day or two on a whim, uh, and uh, Denjita realizes, "Wait, south is the direction of Curry." And they uh, and then Kinemon realizes, "Oh no, I swear my life, swear to give to that, uh, give my life for that man's cause, and I let him to go into battle without me." And they all rush to Curry, but uh, the gate's already been busted open. And uh, the the journal entry continues. When I broke through the gate, I was met with the stench of death, blood, and violence. It felt like I had stepped into another world, and and all of its hostility was focused on me. So here we have a, a really cool back shot of, of Odin uh, getting ready to face off an entire uh, an entire den of, of thieves and he said and uh they they ask are you kozuki odin and he says i've been disowned i have no name to give oh, so cool <laughs> so, so this is essentially uh yeah he's essentially yojimbo in this in this chapter also uh not that i i think that odo was trying to do any kind of uh like callback or resonance or anything like that but it is also very similar to the uh you know luffy barging into arlong park just like bust through the gate and then you're facing all the guys alone mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Sign up a cool guy. Yeah. All right. Next page. We, uh, so we, uh, Odin's captain's log continues. He says, uh, you're allowed in, but anyone who tries to leave are killed. Those are the rules of this place. And, uh, this narration basically is happening over, uh, Odin's just like terrifying grin. This terrifying grin. He's just so excited to have a good fight. He's like, tell me where your boss is. Or, or tell your boss that the samurai has arrived. Um, and his, <laughs> his narration continues. What a cramped life. This place has no... I'm sorry. I'm screwing all this up. What a, what a cramped life. This is no place for people to live. And uh, the fight starts and the, the narration continues. Don't leave. That happens to be my least favorite rule. And... Uh, the the some time passes and the the rest uh, uh, Kinemon and and Dinjiro are showing up on the scene. Hurry, find Odin! I see I see a battle cloud on the mountain. He's up there, and uh, they're arriving. We see the back of Odin's head. We're not quite sure the uh, the sense of space right now. Odin, we've come back for you. And uh, Odin's surprised that they've they followed him all the way into Curry. And then the scene pulls back. We wait, see wait, wait, what's actually, going on. Sorry, sorry, Sam. Before we go, uh, can we just appreciate that uh, Izo is carrying Iku back, holding a pistol, holding a pistol in the katana too. So that's a foreshadow. <laughs> it's great. Oh my god. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh, Kiku really s- steals a lot of the scenes in these panels with these <laughs> tiny little drawings. She's so small. Like, yeah, she's small and she's small in the frame. Yeah. And she's adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Odin is on top of Ashura Doji, uh, unconscious body. And he's, he's got arrows poked into him. He's, but he's, he's holding up his cool pose with his sword sheathed in his hand. He's saying, sorry, guys. I just finished everything. I've been up all night. The fight took an entire day. And uh, they're like, that's the infamous Ashura Doji. And uh, Ashura Doji is uh, through his bloody face. He's, he's uh, just kill me already. I can see the future ahead. 
I've got nothing to live for. And uh, Odin says, hey, you, to uh, uh, Kinemon and uh, Kanjiro there, and like the whole group, essentially. Do you still love me? And <laughs> not even waiting for an answer. Then lend me your wisdom and strength. I've decided these worthless hooligans need me as their king. Right. And then uh, we cut a little, some time has passed. We see uh, what uh, what's his name? Saku. We don't have Sukiyaki. a name for this guy. No, that, that guy doesn't. Sukiyaki is is the yeah, the messenger guy. Yes, with the yeah. shades, the cool shades. Just uh, call him shades. Running. Yeah, Shade. we don't have a name for him. Shades. Yeah, if, if so. he was in the if he was in the Burger King Kids Club, his name would be Shades. <laughs> <laughs> so Shades is running through in the panic. Huff huff huff. Uh, we cut to um, these are. I don't think these are Odin's writing anymore because it's referring to him as a third. Uh, Odin rounded up the lawless ruffians of Curie, and with his considerable strength, he turned that hellish wasteland into a place worthy of being called home. And then we see the attendant. Uh, uh, summoning his lord, showing him a paper. Uh, Sakiyaki turns in like uh, amazement, and we see him pointing. Uh, the attendant's pointing to a newspaper article about Odin and conquering a uh, curry. And then we cut to um, uh, Yashui uh, looking at uh, the same newspaper essentially, and going like, "Only he could do this." And his attendants are all like, "Yay!" I guess those are his vassals, possibly <laughs> uh, celebrating. And then Yashui's we cut actually to- impressed by something. Yeah, for once. <laughs> and he doesn't even need Smile to do it. Uh, and then we got to... Uh, oh, I forgot the fox and his master's name. Onimaru? Yeah. Onimaru, and then uh, the back of... Uh, the, uh, the Lord is... Shimotsuki uh, Ushimaru, I think. Yeah. I the, yeah. He has a ox pattern on his, uh, mm-hmm. uh, on his uh, outfit, which is pretty cool. And we overhear him saying, he did that in Cody? And then the fox uh, goes, yep, as they do. Uh, then we cut to uh, Os- Os- Osuru. She's looking at the same paper. She's in the flower capital, smiling, because I guess she sees uh, Kinemon or recognizes him. Uh, and then we cut to more text uh, of the narration box. In recognition of this remarkable feat, Shogun uh, Kozu- Kozuki Shakiyaki. Uh, retracted his disownment of Odin and gave his son the title of Daimyo of Curie. And you see this awesome uh, kind of like newspaper like ink spread of the, the group, uh, Odin and his uh, his future vassals, and they look really cool. And then the best is the tiny little slip of uh, Kiko Noji. <laughs> Stick it out, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> can't, can't forget she's there. Uh, next page is... Uh, a full shot of Curry uh, now kind of built up and with all the, the workers and the, the bandits now uh, all together celebrating this news. Our very own Odin is going to be Daimyo of Curry. He did it. Now Curry is a proper region of Wano. I can't believe it. We work so hard. And then uh, the bottle panel, the bottom panel is a shot of uh, Odin and his like little, little thugs going, congratulations, that's our Odin, Damio, yeah! And oh, Odin's like, a, this guy would both What a good yeah, family photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a volume cover waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. totally. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, he is totally doing the who's got, who's got two thumbs and his Daimyo. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> God. 
Yeah, that, that's a, that's an amazing panel. I just love how happy Ashura Doji looks on the top too. Yeah. Just this miserable monster <laughs> from earlier in the chapter that's drinking sake with snake blood, and now he just looks as cheery as he can be. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this this guy just doesn't age. He's just he's like Steve Martin. He's just permanently old. <laughs> Shoe Ten Martin? Is that what you're saying? His I mean, name uh, is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, you I mean, go. Odin, Odin's what? He's twenty now. But there's a there's a time skip in the next page. That's right. Uh, so we get a little bit of more of the flashback. We see Ashra Doji looking at the window and saying, this is the first time that I've ever known peace. Thank you, Odin. And he goes back to his normal sad state as Odin kicks him in the face and says, don't be a creep. <laughs> and Shuten Maru's chasing him down. And Odin responds, look, a daimo needs vassals, but I don't want to be assigned some stuffy, stuck-up nobles. And he exclaims, I would rather have you all. You should be my samurai. And once again, great family photo. Everybody's crying. They're so happy. Kanjiro's face is sort of smushed in against Kinemon's. You can see Kiku and Izo on the bottom. Denjiro patting Kiku's head as well. <laughs> and uh, you can see they're all cheery. Their tears are flooding out of the building and their snots fly out of the building. And Odin's going, okay, get off. No more snot. No more snot. <laughs> Which is uh, exactly how I felt going through Dress Rosa every time we saw Treble. Yeah, I said, no yeah. more snot. Have you, have you ever, have we, has he ever done this one? Has he ever made a building cry before? I don't know, sure but it does. looks beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I'm a man of it. Yes. Bloosh. Double rainbow. So uh, then we see, uh, again, a little bit of a time skip saying, six years after that, a full 33 years before the present day, the remnants of the legendary former Rocks Pirates began to gather new comrades, steadily expanding their claims and infamy. And you can see Whitebeard, Big Mom, Kaido in the back. Uh, I presume to the left is Shiki, and I don't know who that is to the right. Mm. Um, and then we get, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that one of them, I guess one of them, I thought one of them might have been rocks, but I guess not. Cause he's got like the funky hair. Right. Yeah, he's right. Got spiky hair. That might I be thought, one of the names that we got. But when, yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Like silver axe or something. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we get a little scene on the beach, the last scene of the chapter, in Curry Beach in Wano. And uh, Kawamatsu is standing on the beach poking at these creatures that have washed ashore, saying, What are these? Animals? Hairy humans? Monstrous creatures? They're unsettling. And uh, You're we one see- to talk. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. He's a camper. Uh, they're called Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it all back around. See, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. And uh, yeah, we see the two Pokemon washed across the shore Nekamamushi and Inuarashi. <laughs> Their English name. kind of looks like uh, Galarian Meowth. A little bit. Actually, he does look a bit like Galarian Meowth. That's right. Uh, Inuarashi Scamper. There you go. <laughs> but uh, in the English games, they are called Cat Viper and Dog Storm. And we see next chapter hits November 24th. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, thoughts about the chapter. Let's see. Who, who wants to go first? Uh, Brian, how about you? Uh, I, lo- I like this chapter. It's very short, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, this is like it, uh, this is Paramount War length of chapter here. Totally, and I mean, there's a lot of detail in it, so I can't say it's not a lazy chapter by any stretch. Uh, it if it's also what I like the most about this chapter, it's very um, reminiscent of the previous chapters, demonstrating how Odin is essentially has always been a pirate, 
and this is like mm. his m- miniature journey. He literally, I think, I hadn't really looked at the map of Wano, but I'm pretty sure he basically does what Luffy does, mm. like sailing around the planet, mm. and pick, uh, picking up comrades. So he just walked around Wano and picked up uh, like oddball oddball comrades, and basically became king of the king of Curie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I. Uh, uh, there's some awesome design panels wide. I'm sure a lot of people are going to complain about oh, we didn't get to see the fight between Ashura Doji and, and Odin, man. That's such a ripoff. We didn't get to see that fight. But I'm like, you know the conclusion. There's no tension right, in that battle. Right. If anything, using your in the compared to the, the anime recap, using your imagination is probably a lot more fulfilling how that battle would have gone, especially since they fought mm-hmm. a whole day and you see like arrows sticking out of them. I mean, it, this basically proves that uh, Kazuki uh, Odin's the uh, 100 Man Slayer, and that's the title I'm going to call him going forward. <laughs> uh, Brian, you want to mention what you spotted uh, about the uh, last page here? Sure. Uh, the, and the since they they revealed where uh, Dark Storm and Cat Viper ended up at, at the end of this chapter, and also that Kuromatsu is there to essentially find them. Uh, there was a there was a panel in the uh, for Lord of Od- for Love of Odin chapter. I believe it was what nine twenty two. What was the twenty one? Yeah, nine twenty. You said it was the scene where they're at the ruins of Curry Castle or Odin Castle or whatever they call right, it. The, the really straw hats are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in in this in that one uh, page where uh, Darkstorm is kind of like uh, remembering his past with Odin, how Odin rescued him from a uh, bigoted mob because uh, they thought they were aliens. Which I'm assuming we're going to get that next chapter. Uh, the, the in the very small panel at the very bottom. Um, we see young uh, Cat Viper and Dogstorm. Right next to them, uh, it's being obscured by Dogstorm's uh, uh, hand in the foreground. Mm. You can see the edge of uh, Kurumatsu. Like you can see the top of his uh, his hat and they like his the flow of his hair. Now, since this is before Kurumatsu was even revealed in the uh, the manga itself, because they haven't broken out Udon yet, this is the that's probably the first time you got to see young Kuramatsu, and we would not have known what he looked like. He just looked like some other like uh, bandit or a uh, villager on the on the beach. So mm-hmm. I thought fun. that was a good hookup, and Otis, Otis damn good. <laughs> I, and if we didn't d- discuss this chapter, because it's the same uh, from the anime recap, I would I, there's no way I would have that, even thought the look. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's like how many times can Oda like hide something on the side of a panel, like partially obscured by something, and we don't pick up on it until like way later it's amazing how he gets away with this so many times you'd think we would know better but he just he gets away with it every time mm-hmm. it's amazing uh roger what do you what were your thoughts yeah uh i think if this was a chapter that was in dress rosa or whole cake island i think it would have been three chapters and I appreciate the pacing. I like the fact that, you know, just what you guys were saying earlier, too. I like that we didn't see the Ashura Doji fight. I think it's good that we just get that final awesome image of Odin sitting on his back, holding the sword down and saying, you know, they fought for the entire day. I thought that was hype. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought I think this is great. This is cool. Getting more backstory on the different vassals. I liked seeing the young version of Kanjiro and Kinemon. I thought his backstory was really weird. I wouldn't have expected him cutting up people's hair and turning them into hairbrushes. Uh, Izo was also really cool to see Izo here. Uh, the thing that stands out to me is we know at some point that Odin is going to join Whitebeard. 
Like we know that's going to happen at some point in the story based on the stuff Roger? that was well, no Roger too, but Whitebeard okay. as well. Because it's brought up that he eventually – he was once part of Whitebeards and then joined mm-hmm. Rogers. So That would be when Izo Exactly. That's exactly what yeah. I was going right. to say. Is I think Izo is going to end up staying on the ship and being part of Whitebeard's crew still when everybody else goes back. Um, so I thought that was actually a really interesting way to tie Izo into the story while still – again, because he's told us before that they're going to end up joining with Whitebeard at some point, giving us a little bit of a hint of what's to come. So I thought that was really neat. And then, again, to see the reminder of that at the end of the chapter talking about the the rocks pirates and seeing Whitebeard at the forefront of that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I just, I like Ashura Doji as a character and this isn't something I think, I don't think I was on for the episode where Shutenmaru was first revealed, but that's one of those characters that was introduced in Wano that I've liked from the very beginning and sort of getting to find out the full story behind him and the progression of what happened in Curry and how he gained respect for Odin. I just, I appreciate it. And I like his design. Uh, you know, like you guys said, it seems like he never ages. <laughs> it's also interesting too. And uh, yeah, I didn't notice the first time I read the chapter when I did my live reaction earlier this morning, uh, I didn't notice that that was Inu Arashi and Nekamamushi on the beach. I thought they were some like fox creatures. And I'd even literally mm-hmm. said that uh, as I was reading it out loud during the live reaction, I was like, Oh, are these going to be related to Onimaru or something? And it didn't even occur to me like, Oh, of course. Of course, this is Cat Piper and Dogstorm on the beach. Yeah, um, yeah. I've been expecting them to show up at some point. So I was yeah. like, okay, there they are. Yeah, and then and again, like him clarifying that it's 33 years before present day and that it's six years after what we'd already seen. Um, the thing that's standing out to me, too, is that we haven't seen Toki at all. Well, of course. I mean, like, like, like Momonosuke is what, like seven years old? So right, he right. he doesn't he isn't born for another six years past where they are in this timeline. Right. So like he meets Toki when he goes out to sea. Like it's pretty clear that she's not from Wano. It doesn't seem that way, at least. Right. So I am I am mm. very curious to see where the story is going to go in the next couple chapters with you know the introduction of Toki and seeing this stuff with Whitebeard and you know getting Nekomamushi and Inuarashi you know joining the Vassal group. I'm just I'm fascinated by all of it. I really think the pacing in Wano has been great. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys discussed this on the show at all, but, you know, this comes up once a year, twice a year, every year, whenever an editor or Oda makes a comment like, oh, the series is 80 percent done or five years are left. Yeah, I guess and, we should have talked about that at the beginning yeah, of the show. Yeah. But like I mean, at, I, at this point, we're just matter. sort of like he says this like every year. Like, what are yeah. we going to do? What are we going to do? Talk I, about it I like we're serious? Think, I mean, yeah, okay. I do think for the first time ever off of any of the times I've ever said this. Just seeing the pacing of this chapter and seeing how Wano's been moving along, it does genuinely feel to me now that, like, feasibly the series could end within five years. Like, they've said oh, this how many after, times, but after, after the way the pacing is picked up. Yeah, totally. I mean, even even during this arc, getting this stuff with the bounty poster reveals of the Yonko and, you know, setting up Gold Rogers bounty as well. The stuff with the God Valley, isn't it? Um, I, I tweeted about this and I just I want to bring it up here because I figure this is the best time to bring it up. But um, if you look at it this way in the manga, the Water 7 saga ended in 2007 and the Summit War saga ended in 2010. And so in between Annie's Lobby and Marine Ford, we had Thriller Bark. We had Saba Odi, we had Amazon Lily, we had the post-war arc, we had Impel Down. So I, I think there's plenty of room still for multiple story arcs in between the end of Wano and whatever the final arc of One Piece is going to be. Um, but 
you mention all you mentioned you mentioned all of the, you mentioned all of these pre time skip arcs when you're talking right. about how quickly he can go through things he, he he doesn't seem capable of doing that anymore right <laughs> well i i would argue based on wano that he he is capable of it i think he sort of lost his way a little bit with dress rosa and whole cake island depending on how you feel regarding those arcs whether you like them or dislike them or whatever i think the one thing unanimously most people can agree on is that he really took his time with those and and to the point where, like, a lot of Whole Cake Island chapters, I feel like there were characters that were introduced that, you know, took up a lot of time during that story arc that now here we're getting a chapter with all the Vassal's backstories all crammed in one chapter. Um, it, it seems like he does want to ramp the pacing up a little bit. And so that's the big thing I sort of took away from this chapter is that things are kind of speeding up. And I would love to, you know, get more flesh out chapters of what we saw here. But I also really enjoy what we got. So. I mean, he's speeding up so much. He's only doing thirteen pages, right? Yeah, yeah. Not only not only is he including all this information in there, but it's only thirteen pages, right? So, all right, uh, Sam, what do you got? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, on the topic of of the pacing, I, th- I think what this chapter's main function is it's it's sort of giving us the more specific version of what we already kind of understand about the the Akazaya Nine. Uh, I. I really love this flashback a lot so far. Uh, I the the samurai characters up until this point are you know Kinemon, Kanjuro, all them. Like they've just been extra characters to the series. They, I haven't really uh, cared that much about them as as characters, but this flashback just makes them make so much sense. So uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just so so economically, mm. um, the like it's not it's not like we're learning really big shocking information about them, but just a little bit goes along. Like like Kinemon and, and Dinjiro, I love I love their like super passionate fanaticism, um, where they they kind of they kind of look a little dumb and silly um be like just like making an idol out of odin so much uh but you kind of like respect their their just like earnest passion about it um and it, uh, it does a really good job of explaining why they are where they are in the present mm-hmm. day um, yeah like he he he's a guy that they like like even even when he's not like giving them the love back like they're like oh he's the guy we we know he's being honest with us. We know, uh, like if we follow him, some something good's gonna happen. Um, yeah, and Odin is such like he's so obviously a Luffy type character. Um, like just in terms of he's he's too big for the for the box that he's in, mm. and his and and the Akazaya Nine are kind of well, they're they're two things. They're kind of straw hat like where. You know they're a family. They kind of get on each other's nerves, but they're ultimately uh, they all they all love each other uh, when you really get down to it. But they're also a lot like Luffy and the Grand Fleet, I think, where mm-hmm. their relationship is so it's not it's not there's there's no social contract between them. It's it's all just natural like human magnetism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, o- Odin talks a lot about how uh, you know. Don't leave is his is his least favorite rule, which is kind of goes back to a few chapters ago when we were in, when we were introduced to him, and you would 
uh, they were telling that little story about how he would like kidnap women, but he he was always clear that they were free to leave if they wanted. To, yeah, like, right. <laughs> um, so that, like, that's that's the kind of the weird like push and pull with some of these characters where they are they are like at odds with each other in so many ways, but there's there's like just enough uh, space. There's just, there's just enough there's just enough actual love and respect between the lines uh, that keeps them together. Um, and and like if if the the people of the Akaza if the if the the Akazaya Nine were following Odin because they felt like they had to they felt like like it was there it was the rule that they had to do what he said like he would he wouldn't like that he would think that was uncool uh, which mm. just in turn makes him even cooler that he kind of has that uh, <laughs> disposition. And I mean, even even further taking that point where you said there's a lot of parallels with Luffy, I, I would even argue there's like parallels with the Straw Hats, right? Just what you yeah. said, where there's a lot of these characters that, you know, sort of are butting heads, but at the end of the day, they're a family. You know, it's like Zoro and Sanji are always going to fight with each other, but at the end of the day, they would do anything to save each other. So, yeah. But we also know there's also that just that context where you know things are about to go bad. Right, you know? right. Like o- Odin, Odin's about to be... Uh, He's he's about to be the bad end, Luffy. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luffy also yeah. died at uh, at Logtown, right? So, <laughs> you know, he died at Logtown. He died uh, Whole Cake Island. Uh, <laughs> um, Alabasta. Where was it? Uh, uh, at uh, Thriller Bark. Yeah, at <laughs> Thriller Bark. Yeah, Impel down. He just Impel doesn't. Uh, he doesn't stay dead. That guy. No. Um. So uh, let's see. Who do we who do we got here? Um. Steven, what do you what do you got? Yeah, I was um I was definitely it's it's an incredibly economical chapter as far as getting across uh what he does in the space all that he uh, has although I was definitely kind of shocked when you know coming out of a break and I see a super short chapter I was just like, "Oh, uh oh, is everything okay?" I you know, I I wasn't able to find out if there was like a particular reason um, for why that is, I don't think it would be necessarily spoiling anything to say that the next chapter is a normal length. So, um, you know, this just seems to be a little blip. Yeah. Um, but, not having uh, a surgery again. No, nah, not as far as we know. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll find out if there's some author comment in a week or two. Um, we know but, he's been. Uh, uh, we know he's been trying to exercise more lately. So that there can always, it can always um, lead lead mm-hmm. to mishaps. And, yeah. and what else does this chapter need, really? Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, like I said, yeah, it's yeah. it's a very economical chapter as far as explaining uh, what it does, and I think there are you know there are multiple reasons for that, which is that you know he can he can get away with um, you know making the uh, like the ways that these characters meet uh, very abbreviated because you know for one thing like we he's already done the heavy lifting of putting all of them into the story before this point so we already know most of what we need to know about uh you know the the vassals in this case and um so that you know that that kind of background it helps enrich uh odin's portrait uh yet even as he's kind of uh shown to us in an accelerated fashion like this um i do think it's interesting too because i was thinking about this like um, that, uh, you know, Odin is, is, pre- he's presented in this very like larger than life, uh, you know, sort of Paul Bunyan, like we were joking about that, uh, earlier, especially with his, uh, like the list of his, uh, exploits in the other 
chapter. But I think to continue the Luffy parallels, like if you tried to explain like the story of like, let's say leading up to the time skip or something like that in a, you know, a couple chapters like this, this is probably what it would sound like uh, to describe Luffy. Like, uh, you know, he's just like going along and then, Oh, next panel. Like he's, he's beating this guy and it was a crazy battle. Uh, but there he is looking cool. He's punching this guy uh, into a bell. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I feel like it's, it's working out. And, uh, the, the other part of it too, the reason why I think it, it does, uh, maybe feel like it's so accelerated is because it kind of has to be that way because we, we know there's a lot of this story uh, left to to tell or that Oda could tell in um, you know in greater detail like it, just as far as like you know like what Roger was saying we know he has to beat Whitebeard we know he has to uh, meet Roger he has to meet Toki he has to you know get betrayed by uh, Orochi. And you know, Kaido fits in with right, right, yeah. There's like all of this stuff that could uh, feasibly fit in there, and and frankly, like that's the stuff I think he can, he can, he can get through these introductions uh, or like the meetings with the uh, the Akazaya Nine um, in a briefer fashion because you know hey they're going to be there throughout the rest of this flashback and, and we've and gotten we've, the broad strokes with it, the yeah Akazaya and they've already exactly. they've yeah. already just been like, in the arc. being yeah. around them yeah yeah um so i don't really have a problem with the way that he's he's pacing this so far because like we there's so much more that he could tell and i don't, I don't think oda wants to to have a two volume flashback even as important sure. as all of the stuff could be so uh, you know, we want to we want to get what we need to know, and um, you know, whatever whatever secrets of the past that Oda might want to reveal over the flashbacks, so that we can get back to the present day and see where how this all fits together, and actually, you know, get get on with it. Like let the let the wheels hit the road, and uh, you know, get on with the business of beating Kaido. So, um, yeah, I, I th- it was a it was a very interesting chapter for one that was so short. But um, yeah, that's all I have to say. All right, uh, Alex. Yeah, um, echoing Stephen's sentiment about uh, about Odin's uh, journey, sort of um, mirroring Luffy's journey a little bit. Uh, my favorite thing about the Odin flashback is that it's almost like a it's got it's a collection of of fun samurai film tropes that I've I've grown to you know know and love and. Uh, this is what I think I said this at the beginning of Wano that like I was really looking forward to Oda flexing his his um his muscles in that regard, uh, and uh, that I would you know I would I would love to see like a Zoro as you know as Yojimbo spinoff, but like it, it's sort of like we already have that with um with Odin, which is cool. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, you you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head um, with all of your comments. I do think that it'll be interesting. Uh, that last page, uh, you know, thought gave me some thought, you know, about how like we're we're probably going to see in this flashback, you know, why Cat Viper and Dog Storm don't talk to each other anymore, you know, why they're mm-hmm. why they're uh, I think even at Zoe we're like, oh, I guess we're gonna get a flashback, and then Zoe came and went. So like, you think the part like, of the oh, next chapter weird. is gonna be them leaving uh, with Whitebeard? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and 
it does make me wonder like when Kaido is going to factor in into this. Like how many how many of the Rock's pirates come to Wano? Like, is it just Whitebeard and Kaido, or do the others come as well? Um, yeah, uh, great chapter. Really looking forward to um, to seeing where it goes. Okay, um, I mean, the only thing I really have to add is I I, I liked how they, they put foreshadowing in so much uh, in One Piece, but like the, I like the bit of where Orochi is already trying to frame Odin. Like he's already trying to set him yeah. up for crimes and like trying to, yeah. he's putting it in like, we're just getting right, right to the point with, uh, with, with what's going on there. So, uh, I love that. Uh, I love, I, I love the pacing in this chapter. I love the, the reveal of Izo and we'd seen in SBS previously that her child, or I guess, uh, I'm not sure if, well, we know that Kiku, uh, refers to herself as she, we don't know about Izo. But like that, they were dancing and like had the fan dance uh, in the SBS illustration of the their childhood. Uh, so mm. that, that, that that was interesting. And Odin, Odin's just this. <laughs> Odin's like the coolest guy. He like he doesn't even have to like. He's not trying to be cool. He's just being himself, and that that, that makes you even more cool. You know, you don't even have to try to, right. to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he just inspires people to follow him. So he's, yeah, like he's, he's confident he's, and he's right to be. Yeah, he's more Luffy than Luffy, really. I mean, Luffy's, I think, yeah, Luffy's a lot more Luffy. caring. Uh, I think, and that might might be partially because of the way he was raised. Uh, What's also funny is like Luffy and Odin, Odin are relatively. Yeah, Odin and Luffy are relatively the same age. Like Odin's like eighteen twenty, and yeah. the dude looks they like he's in his forties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh Anyway, that's uh, that, that's all. I, you guys have pretty much gone through. Uh, we we ended up talking about this chapter for longer than I thought we would. There's a lot of stuff to go over. I mean, there was <laughs> there was like I said, there was a lot of stuff that was packed into this that I feel like could have been multiple chapters. But I mean, again, I'm right there with you guys. I like this pacing because I think when we move into what's going to be happening in the future with Kaido and Whitebeard and everything else, it's you know it's, you're it's, you're going to need a little bit of a breather, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, you guys want to move on into the next segment? Yeah. All right, cool. This is the anime recap for episode 910, A Legendary Samurai, The Man Who Roger Admired. I'm your host, Sam, and today with me we have, once again, joining us uh, after a week break, we have Ed. I'm, I'm back, yes. And I watched two episodes today, so I'm all caught up. And we have also, on top of that, we have Rick and Morty's own Brian Newton. Yeah, I'm pretty much caught up, but I did watch this episode. <laughs> so you skipped a few then? Yeah. Is that? <laughs> there were some good ones recently. Mm. Yeah, the last episode I saw in full was uh, Romance Dawn, so. Oh, I think you missed. Two or two episodes, two. then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last week's was was interesting. Like, it definitely held my attention all the way through, despite being paced very slowly. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of it uh, seems like a-, a lot of poop jokes. Oh, See, I don't mind okay. that. that like, I, 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 I thought they were all. I thought they were all good poop jokes. Good, good sound effects this week too. Like, was the Beppo scene was this week, right? Uh, last week. That was, was last, week. <laughs> last week. Was Beppo shitting in the woods? A bear shitting in the woods. Why we didn't say that last time? <laughs> bear shitting in the woods. Yeah. 
So the title card this week begins at 4 minutes and 12 seconds, but not before a little uh, preamble bit with uh, Odin Castle on fire and we see Odin's wife. Uh, her name comes up later in the episode as Toki. We see her for a moment looking – well, she's all silhou- silhouetted as most of the characters in this episode are. Um, it's so weird to have Odin in full like silhouette fruit mode uh, here, but like in the manga this week, he's just a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like some of the, like some of the events in this episode are directly depicted in the chapter this week. Yeah, it's and they don't exactly match up. There, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of uh, synergy like that in Wano. I feel it kind of works against it because like if you're a person who does both, then you're like, this doesn't seem it seems off or it seems redundant or yeah, I remember. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just the timing. They can't do much about that. What happened? Was it? I think there was an episode where. Like the the episode where where Luffy is like meeting Tama for the first time, or or is like learning about her starvation, that happened like the same week as that chapter in the prison where Luffy's like, "I made a promise to a girl named Tama." Yeah, that that's well, actually like, good. That was good though. That was yeah. much better. Yeah, well, like, and even in this episode, we'll get to it, but like, it directly contradicts something that was revealed in this chapter. <laughs> so, so. We open with, uh, we're back in the, the ruins of Odin Castle. The crew is kind of huddled up listening to Kinemon tell the story. He's saying that uh, Odin Castle is actually just a nickname. It's, it's technically Curry Castle, but because Odin was such a popular person who lived there, uh, people took to calling it Odin Castle. Uh, Odin is the son of Kozuki Sukiyaki, and he was a, he was a very boisterous man who, with a big personality, and he, uh, didn't live in the flower capital because he thought it was too small and boring. So he moved to Curry, which at the time was kind of a wasteland of crime and lawlessness. It's uh, not unlike the the lawless areas in like Sabaody, is how I'm imagining it. Yeah, it's like this is the this is like the fairy tale version of Odin, like because mm-hmm. we get like the real guys in the manga this week, but like this is a slightly different guy. This is like Kinemon telling a story. Yeah, and so Kinemon tells a story about the time that he fought somebody named Ashura Doji, which to us that's that's just a meaningless name. Uh, I don't know why they <laughs> that that didn't seem important. I don't know why that's brought up. Um, there there was one like cutaway shot of like Luffy, Carrot, and Chopper like listening very carefully while like in unison eating a banana. That's right. Yeah, I remember like uh, a lot. This chapter, I remember this chapter being just like a lot of close-ups of Kinemon's face. Yeah, it's there's a it's a very different approach that I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think it quite gets across what the manga was getting across at the time, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all exposition. Uh, we so the the story goes that Odin, uh, despite the curry being this crazy ghetto of samurai and ronin and. Uh, thieves. Um, Odin managed to clean it up. He built the castle. He built the paradise farms that uh, the, uh, the the current shogun Orochi is using uh, and and saving for himself. And he became the daimyo of Curry at the age of twenty, which is a pretty major accomplishment. There's a look. I thought this scene was interesting. Where uh, so so Odin's the the daimyo now. He's got all these people kind of listening to him, like waiting on his orders, and he 
He like stands up and then kabuki curtains drop. He does the kabuki pose like this place is too small. I don't want to be here. Um, and uh, there's a close up on his face that is like it's so Toriyama the way that uh, Odin is drawn a lot throughout this episode. He looked like <laughs> he yeah call. he looked like an yeah. early Dragon Ball uh, character. Yeah, like, like Nappa. Nappa have to. Yeah, or, or like old Piccolo or. Mm. Uh, Tao Pai Pai. Vegeta. (laughs) So then we kind of move out of the the flashback for a moment. Oh, and and, and Odin's been silhouetted this whole time. Um, And his design is not quite in line. Like they clearly didn't have references for his final design yet uh, as they're animating it. So they're just kind of going off of the silhouettes that Oda had drawn. Yeah, his his hat, not his hair. Yeah. Is that a hat or is it hair? In the, in the anime, in this, he, I think he's wearing a hat because his hair is like flowing all the way down to his back. But like, yeah. I think it's like it's a, it's a hair do in the manga. I See, didn't I, catch a separation line. There's a at, at times there's a, there's a separation line, but like I I think you could make the argument that the the top part is still his hair, but he's just like wearing a bandana or something. Right, because he still has long hair in the current in the manga design. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also doesn't have a sword. I think that's a, the bigger omission. His sword? He, he doesn't have two. Right. Well, maybe that came later. Mm. Uh, mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so cutting away from Kinemon telling the story, we have Dogstorm at the beach with uh, all these minks, and he's kind of reminiscing about Odin too, as well. And he's remembering the time that he, he and Cat Viper washed up on the shores on the beaches of of uh of curry and uh odin took them in he wasn't afraid of them he just kind of kneeled down to them and smiled and uh, they were all best friends from then on and then as they get to as kinemon and the and the others kind of get to this point in the story where it's about uh odin's death they kind of tighten up they 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 start they're fighting back tears because uh they have to get to the part of the story where where odin is uh, labeled a criminal by uh, Orochi, the guy who who secretly they, they describe it as he secretly teamed up with Kaido. Which I don't remember that line specifically in the manga. I mean, I mean, I think that's that's I guess that's been the implication from from the beginning. Yeah, I, that's you know, if if we're talking about stuff that's going on in the manga right now, like learning the relationship between Orochi and Kaido, I think is is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I mean, why? It's all it's all tracking, like Odin being set up as a criminal. Uh, right, even just, Luffy called like Orochi a sneak, sneaky bastard. Like, what? What does? What's in it for Kaido? Is sort of my question right now. Um, mm. Like, what? How? How? Do, how does? How do he and Orochi uh, scratch each other's backs? Mm-hmm. Uh, that brings us to the eye catch of the episode. We come back. We have the the finale to Zoro and the tiger fighting. <laughs> uh, which was this is all filler. This is all just this is all just so that they they can sidestep that joke in the manga where where Zoro got uh, lost just completely off panel. I I, I don't know. I kind of prefer that, but yeah, I, yeah. They, they took out all the wrong, funniness of it. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Zoro does actually beat a tiger in the manga, though, or at least we only see like the end result of it. Does he? I think there's a I think it's like a panel 
like it's one panel Zoro standing there talking about how everyone else got lost but him and there's a defeated tiger in the background I'll check on this but I'm pretty sure that was within the context of the story yeah it's an underexplained yeah they they definitely scrub out the the humor the humor in Zoro getting lost here because he he fought off the tiger to protect his friends and now he notices there's a dock and he's like oh cool I'm going to go to that dock um, so Luffy, there's, we come back to the, the castle and Luffy in the subtitles calls Orochi a sneaky piece of shit. I, yeah. Mm. Just a little scanlation language right there. <laughs> I've been getting, I've been disappointed with, um, Crunchyroll subs lately. Like, yeah, I, th- just, I, I know uh, the little mean, things yeah. are, bu- are bugging me. Like when they like underexplained, like untranslated things, like. Translators, Session. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and last week, last week's episode where they're doing the the open nation, closed nation teacher teaching the the students, they just use the Japanese terms. And if you're an English speaker, you actually have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So we have Kinemon's remembering uh, Odin now as a criminal, getting teamed up by some samurai, and getting getting slashed up. We have a, a an elongated scene of the Akazaya Nine fighting at the Burning Castle, at Burning Odin Castle. We have the silhouettes of of King, Queen, and Jack, and uh, I think it's King who kind of turns, looks at them, gives them a scary face, and that's kind of it. Uh, they mention Momonosuke and Hiori being at the castle. This is the first mention of Hiori in the series, and uh, the the samurai Kinemon and, the, and friends. They meet up with Toki Sama who has the time time fruit and she's telling them, Oh, you need to go to the future. Uh, there's no, you can't come back to the past after you've gone, but that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And they're just kind of confused. They're like, what, what are you doing? And then they get popped, uh, sent flying when they pop back in to the future. There, there was a very Dragon Ball Z, uh, kind of feel to it. Like it felt like, uh, like teleporting in that show or something. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Some little magic deal. Uh, so I think, and Kinemon also mentions that there was, I guess a rumor or something or some suggestion that Toki was born sometime long in the past, uh, which is obviously related to her time, time fruit. So they're in the future. They're kind of confused. They're like, why is the castle? Where's the fire? Why is the castle just gone now? Oh crap. Those are our, our graves. Um, and they're, they're starting to put two and two together. It's a very emotional scene. Uh, the whole like thing where Toki is like explaining how she isn't going to save herself and go forward into the future because this is where her you know her her story ends and yeah she's happy here. And that's a very that was a very touching scene. Like again, this is sort of a leisurely look and it's it, it has a leisurely pace, but this it really delivers the emotional uh, punch. There's so many emotions in this episode. I mean, yeah, so really many emotions. It, I'm just so being reminded, like how much. I mean, it's not a new observation that uh, Wano is a pretty packed story in terms mm-hmm. of subplots and characters, and like. I mean, I guess the most interesting thing is like they talk about how she was born like far in the past. Yeah, she's like she's a super interesting. Like, character. what's her what's her story? Like, why? Yeah. Like, are we gonna get a like a multi chapter story just for her? Just to that, just to explain. Well, uh, just, yeah. yeah, a brilliant kind of take on like her message to them about how no one can go to, into the past, but you can only move forward to the future. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that's simply saying like 
what we can all do as human beings is like, hey, the past is the past. Just li- live for tomorrow. Essentially, that's what she's telling them. Yeah, but I mean, in a more literal sense. <laughs> yeah, a very literal sense on a on a on a pretty classic, I would say, uh, anime video game trope or a thematic trope or is a theme a trope? Oh well, sure. <laughs> so they're in the future. Uh, Kinemon's telling the story about how he was sure that now that twenty years have passed. It would be impossible to find people to to rally up and start another fight with Kaido and Orochi. But to their surprise, even 20 years later, there's all these people, all these samurai who admire Odin and who want to fight alongside him. And uh, the episode ends with Luffy. He's hearing this. There's kind of a pan up of um, Odin's grave. Luffy smiles. To be continued. General thoughts on the episode, guys. I really enjoyed it. I mean, again, uh, I I do have my complaints about the pacing, but the pacing works in episodes like these where you're sort of building up slowly to a big emotional punch at the end. And you're not you're sort of you're sticking with one story throughout most except for like the brief Zoro interlude. But it it sort of it really peaked at the end and uh, gave me a solid half hour of entertainment. Right. Yeah, I, I have to. Yeah, I agree with everything Ed said. Like the pacing, it's slow, but it's all like expo- exposition and story. Uh, I, I was, I didn't feel like it was super long. I actually felt like it moved very quickly. Uh, and since even within the context of what this was covering in the manga, it only gave us as much information as the manga had at the time. Uh, the animation itself was decent enough. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't catch too many kind of glaring like that's a weird drawing or anything of that nature. Uh, it's it's unfortunate how. We were talking about it earlier. They don't have uh, Kazuki Odin's like full design, so they kind of have to like make use of what they got. So now we got like this punching, kicking kind of dude mm-hmm. who looks like a Dragon Ball Z character. Which I, I'll, I'll allow it. I mean, I, that's I like that about it. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought this was a very engaging episode, um, and never like there was no point where I was like, "Oh, this is moving really slow." Um, I thought all of the 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 emotional texture was all very strong. It is a little weird coming to it after this week's manga chapter because <laughs> it just feels like yeah. oh here's here's the story you just read but like less specific. Yeah, and and also like less epic in a few ways is the thing concerning a uh, uh, was it Ashura Doji? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that. Uh. My my issue, I guess, is that this this episode feels like a flashback episode. Like it feels like the like if I was watching this in the anime, I would have been like, "Oh, okay, that's the story of Odin. I I know what I need to know about that." I guess I like I remember in the manga very specifically, like the way that they put the exposition out there was it was telling you, "Okay, that the the real flashback is coming later." Like here's yeah, here's here's some got, like- information. But there's a, like a full version of the story that's that's still cooking in the background. Right. Um, in, the, in the manga, there were only like key panels that they showed. It wasn't like full execution of movement or character at all. Yeah, and the, we get to the bit where they're talking about Odin's death, and in the manga, I remember it was kind of like they they cut away. They didn't like they they told Luffy and the others specifically what happened to Odin. They, it's implied right. that like they told the full story that that you know Luffy and the others know a lot more about Odin than we do, but in the anime they just kind of say and then Odin died and then 
Luffy and all the others act shocked like they didn't already know that. Uh, yeah, because like what what the ma- the manga panels had was there was it felt like some time had passed and yeah. you see reactions of when Kinemon's telling Luffy the story, so you see them happy and elated, laughing yeah. at like silly things Odin probably did, and then immediately cut to like the horrifiedness of when they reveal. Or when they get to the point where I guess Orochi does his betrayal of some sort. Yeah, which is which is telling us like, oh, there there's an element to this story. There's there's details to the story that will change how the story makes you feel. Um and and just knowing that Odin dies isn't the full that that's not the full like emotional response that we're we're gonna get from yeah, you later. That, that's it, a good you point. Know, like Odin dying is not the the sad part, or or it is not the the shocking part. The way he dies is going to be like the really, the really juicy stuff. I think so. All right, uh, I think yeah, I thought this was a pretty solid episode. I think we're mostly in agreement here. Uh, are you ready to move on to the next segment, you guys? I'm ready. All right, let's move. All right, this is the piece together segment where we got your uh, cute little dog storm and cat viper Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Um, so first of all, this week we've got uh, some Discord. Sam, you want to go for uh, this piece? Yes. Our first this piece this week comes from Morgil, who says, um, "So with everyone fawning over how cool and badass Odin is, would it be safe to say he's the new Poochie?" What? No, no, Poo- no. Poochie was trying no, I, to be cool. Odin is not Odin trying is to be cool. cool. He just is. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, Odin, Od- Odin, similar to like Boa Hancock, represent like a hyper masculinity, and like mm. as Bo and Boa Hancock represents a hyper femininity. So no, no nobody dresses like. You wouldn't um uh, what's, what's the word? you wouldn't focus group like Odin's costume like he, he doesn't have like sunglasses and a Hawaiian or, shirt or his behavior. <laughs> no. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What, he, what, what are the what are the kids these days like? Oh, they like uh kidnappers and yeah. This is not kid tested weather approved. This is not kick and, cereal. And people who like boil their food over corpses. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um and then our next disc piece comes from Straw Hat Pirate 9, who says, This flashback is so much fun. Kinemon and everyone were such little weirdos in their youth, especially Kanjiro. The bit that really got me excited was learning that Kiku and Izo are related. So cool. More connections made. Now I really want a Kiku and Izo reunion in the present. Also, Odin being so weirded out with people liking him and showing him affection is super funny. Accept the love, man. Lastly, the Kappa being weirded out by the furries that got a la- that got a laugh out of me so loud. <laughs> <laughs> of, of all people, really. Yeah. I just you as you mentioned that I just realized something. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were talking about Izo and how you want a reunion eventually, you, you know how Nekomamushi is with Marco right now. The yeah, last time we saw the two of them, and then Neko's on his way. There, it could realistically be that Izo would be chilling with Marco. That the the remnants of Whitebeard pirates that haven't been wiped out come to Wano during maybe Act Four, Act Three, or something, you know, and they end up actually fighting alongside the squad, and we do get that reunion. That'd be amazing. I definitely think there's there's a lot of connections that are being made. Yeah, Yeah, I I kind of, I kind that would be really cool, but I also like it also made me think about Marco saying, "Yeah, sorry, I can't help you." 
Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I gotta stay here. So I, I'll, I don't know. I'll take Marco at his word for that. But, but the question then is, okay, well, why does Oda want us thinking about the Whitebeard Pirates so much these days? Right, right, mm, right. Yeah, that's fair. Well, if anything, I'm building like a mild meta narrative to uh, Izo in my head right now. The fact that he doesn't return the Wano uh, with the others or with uh, with uh, with Odin might be this kind of like maybe he doesn't want to return, probably because mm-hmm. like any oppression he might have suffered, or maybe the fact he still thinks they're uh, like his friends well, he are dead. Feels loved with Whitebeard. Whitebeard calls him family. True. Yeah. But but also he may not know that the others have returned. He might think they're mm. dead, so why go back? I mean, and that you know, that's oh. kind of similar to the stuff with Shuten Maru too, right? Where when we first were introduced to Ashura Doji as you know Shuten Maru, he had sort of given up on the idea that all this stuff was going to happen. So right, so like Izo, for all Izo knows, Odin Castle burned down, Kinemon's dead, Kanjiro's dead, all of them and are so dead, is, and Kiki. so is uh, Kiku. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that would be that would that's actually a really interesting. Like, yeah, your uh, sister you thought was dead is, is is alive, and like, you know, she went forward twenty twenty years into the future, and you just yeah. you you just hung around, and got old. Yeah, yeah what's the little yeah. what's the little micro story you can tell out of that? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and like once mm-hmm. they liberate Wano, and obviously, uh, I I assume once the borders are open, Kiku and the others will go out to the seas further for the final battle, One Piece. They could be. Oh, sure, out. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the next one, Sam? Uh, that w- that's it for this week. That is okay. Um, Alex, do we have any emails? Yeah, we've got a couple. Uh, just as we uh, said that, uh, Jill tweeted, "Izo probably thinks Kiku is dead." <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Jill. Jill knows what's up. So uh, this one is actually from nine days ago. So I'm not, but it was unread. So I'm not sure if uh, Zach read it uh, last week or not. Um. Uh. So if anybody was on last week's podcast, uh, just you know interrupt uh this is uh, uh let's see here uh hey opp how is everyone while i was rereading the cover stories to come up with uh Gadatsu's, uh question for the uh stump opp contest i realized something crazy in it, in the uh in it at the end they create an undersea tunnel that connects alabasta with the hot spring island could this be the incident regarding the alabasta uh kingdom that garth was talking about <laughs> <laughs> like God, I maybe hope these so. The destruction of the island itself, maybe with a buster call, it had already created an escape route for the people way back then. Um, oh, interesting. Wow. Oh, only- I, yeah, I thought, I thought he was talking about like a knock upstream of, you know, scalded <laughs> water or something. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with this is that the anime would have a hard time explaining it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, also, do you, oh, that, that actually reminds me. Uh, there was some sort of, I guess, quote unquote news that. Uh, the animators are talk, or at least Toei was talking about. Uh, at some point, maybe, uh, well, they want to animate the cover stories. Finally, fucking funny. yeah! Wow, okay, um, they did. The oh, yeah, it'd be one. awesome if they did. Recently, yeah, but but uh, but they said that they're really busy with Wano at the moment. Um, so I, yeah, they did do Wapples, and I thought that was really cool. Um, so I would I would love it if they did the rest of them. Um, anyway, oh, but they could uh, do aces though. That would be kind of I guess I mean he's Poochie, mm. so they want to sell tickets. Hey, Moda uh, the milkmaid is a very important character. It's true. Yes. <laughs> she is. Uh, he also says, "Do you guys know if there is any news for a Stampede release in Latin America by the number of followers in the Manga Plus app for the Spanish version of One Piece? One would guess that there is indeed a large fandom here, but maybe it's not enough. Um, You'd think so. I mean, uh, with with how popular the anime." In general, is 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know how um, how related the manga plus, you know, manga plus and, you know, whatever Toei decides to do are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's more um, of a question for like who they're like, do they have a I assume they must have some kind of uh, theater uh, partner in the in Latin America, you know, Mexico and in other countries that uh, they, you know, sublicense their stuff to. I just I don't know what that situation is. Uh, that would seem to be more of the the, the more re- relevant party to um, try to ask about that, I guess. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that was um, that was from uh, Joni Erhoni De Castro. Uh, so thank you for that email. And uh, this um, this uh, final email uh, comes to us from uh, Anthony Pitari. He says. It bugs me to death that we still don't know what happened to the Straw Hats and the rest of the Alliance, but I get the feeling there's a weirdly huge possibility that I haven't heard brought up on the show before. Caribou. I think there's a really good chance he could have stirred the whole army inside of him and snuck onto one of Orochi's ships for a sneak attack from the inside. <laughs> and the reason the Akazai and I don't know is because it happened last minute after they discovered all the wrecked ships. Back on Fishman Island, he swallowed however many mermaids, but do we really know what his limits would be for storing people and weapons inside of himself? Don't get me wrong, I don't like him as a character, but I really can't get this idea out of my head. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. Well, they've yeah. been talking about Devil Fruit Awakening a lot recently. Maybe Caribou awakened his Devil Fruit since the last time we saw him. He was sitting in prison, training, and then all of a sudden, here we go. <laughs> God, I hope. <laughs> well, and at the very that. least, I yeah. I do think that it's a really cool idea. Um, I, I w- that's actually not that's a really good possibility. I think um, it, it's it's I think it's sort of brilliant as well. Um, yeah, I'm 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 definitely down for that idea. That's a really good one. Uh, thank you for the uh, email, Anthony. And that's it for uh, this week's emails. All right, um, Stephen, do you have Reddit questions? Yeah, we have a couple of questions on Reddit. Uh, first is from Falcon Gales, who says, "So if Izo was a retainer of Odin, how strong is he? I think this throws Whitebeard's commander's power levels out of whack." Oh boy, oh no. I used to think the commanders were, in a sense, weaker as the division number went up. But mm. maybe Izo is actually just badass and hasn't had a chance to perform. Well, I don't know why you would get that um, impression necessarily. I don't know. Sort of fits in for me. Like that's just how strong Lightbeard's division captains are. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. the dude was the strongest pirate in the world before he died. So, yeah, um, makes sense that he would have a pretty righteous crew. Um, so I, it did not, it, it, it did not, n- none, nothing, none, none of what we saw in this chapter struck me as like, oh, well that doesn't make sense. How could Izo be this and that? It, you know, it still seems to fit for me. Yeah. We, all these, all these characters are important. They're all well, uh, pretty good. Well, the only thing that would strike me on that front is the fact that no one seems to talk about Izo. Mm, oh, yeah. you mean in the arc? It, yeah. Within the arc. Mm-hmm. Mm. He, like, yeah. There's no sense that Izo was ever like whenever whenever they formed the quote unquote Akazaya Nine, that he was Izo was not part of that. Yeah, so which means I'm thinking they formed after Odin returned. Yeah, from Whitebeard. That's what I'm thinking too. So like yeah. like Izo stays there with Whitebeard, and then when they come back and it finally officially forms, Izo wouldn't have been a part of it. Yeah, something like that. I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, ATLA for life says, did this chapter feel fast for anyone else? 
this might be just be me overthinking it, but with this chapter going through so many things in a few pages and with Naito's comments about the five years thing, does it feel like Oda rushed this chapter out? He spent a whole chapter on the mountain boar incident and only three pages on Oden taking over and transforming Kuri. It sometimes feel it feels in this arc like Oda will focus on this small side story for a whole chapter, but then off screen stuff we've been hyped for. Thoughts? Well, we did kind of discuss this yeah. Um, yeah. already. I I do think it's probably relevant to to mention just as far as like what Odo might choose to show and not show is that a big part of it is that a I think he doesn't like a he doesn't necessarily want to just uh, he he doesn't want to set up a thing where we're like okay these are the things we have to see a b c d e f g uh, and we're going to see them all in this order. And then he just goes and it's like, okay, we saw this, we saw this, we saw this, we saw this. Like, I don't think he wants to to feel like it's just checking off stuff on a checklist. Like there has to feel, there has to feel like there's something spontaneous. Yeah. There's something spontaneous or interesting or something that will make it enjoyable in future readings still. Right. And that's the thing, like the, the boar incident, you have to see that to get the sense of like, the tall tales of Kozuki Yoden. Right. But, right, but right. after that, after that, you're just kind of repeating yourself when you say, Oh, he was this cool. So you got to take a different approach yeah. and mm-hmm. sort of do it, uh, in a digest way. Like they did this time. Otherwise, also, otherwise like you're just sort of repeating the same points about him. I think also think about who the point of view of this flashback is coming from. It's coming from Kinemon. So it's all about the right. most important things that Kinemon remembers for his love of Odin. That's true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is it, yeah. is, did, did this flashback come from Kinemon? It started when he's uh, crying about the the the, yeah. boat, the incident at the harbor. I mean, yeah, he he I mean, is kind of it's their shared memories. It's their yeah, sure. and he is the the most prominent. He's the first one that we saw, so it does make sense. Um, but yeah, and also it's just that like Oda, you know, he wants to he wants every chapter to have something that is entertaining, something that's like cool or funny or interesting or something like that. Like, you know, he never wants to just go through something because he set it up and he needs to show it. Like there has to be something that is entertaining about it that you can reread and it will always be cool and and fun. And so, you know, spending a bunch of time on, you know, showing him doing a really cool thing to save the city from the mountain boar is something that, you know, will still be, uh, exciting or thrilling, you know, when you read it rather than having that be the thing that's just like a little side note, like, oh, and then he saved the city from from the boar. And then we have a bunch of pages of him, you know, uh, being introduced to the characters that uh, we already know that they know each other. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. uh, it's it's about making sure that each chapter is uh, is fun and has like something cool in it um, to show off. So uh, having said that, let's see. Grand Reboot says, uh, I, I'm going to bring up our favorite topic, scanlations versus official release. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so I heard many arguments on both sides for a while and wanted to discuss this with a friend who also was a One Piece fan, but he had never heard of Viz Media, let alone it being officially free. Mm. We're from South Africa, and the advertising of it has not really taken place over here. I have been wondering how many people actually know about the availability of this product, whether someone chooses to follow the scans or the official release. I think it is first important for people to know that the official release is an option for them as well. 
I understand that making it cheap and free puts a lot of pressure on the company, which is why I wonder if it cannot take advantage of platforms that already exist for it and enhancing it. For example, Rogers Base, while taking a hit for following the official release, is still a valid platform to promote the product. Hey, thanks a lot for the shout out. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I will say this. I've, I've talked about this on multiple occasions, too. And there's still people who are like so angry with me that I don't do the live reactions on scan day anymore. Because I think there's there's sort of this mentality of it's like, well, you did it before. So why aren't you doing it now? And it's like, well, yeah, I did it before. There wasn't an option right now. It's I mean, there was an option and I always paid for Viz, But I mean, now it's it's literally free. Like there's no reason it's coming out at the same time. Like if if you're going to do that and you have a platform, like you might as well just do it, like read it officially. And there's so many other things to talk about and discussion videos to do and other topics to do that. It's like I can wait the extra two days to talk about it but there is this mentality at least within the fandom especially on YouTube that because every everybody else is talking about the scans it's like well I'm not going to watch you then because you don't follow this like you don't follow the scans and then I just went, was like okay well that's fine like if you don't want to watch me then that's fine you don't have to like I'm going to keep doing it the way that I want to do it on Sundays um, yeah. I, I also have something to kind of say about that because oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't do live reaction or anything but like I know about entertainment and one of the things that they don't understand what you're sacrificing is simply like in the news media, it's like you have to be first to report the story. Right, and in this right. sense, you've already built up the audience who people are coming to you because they like you as like that your form of entertainment, the voice that you give. So your fans will stick around with you for, of for that reason. So it's like you're not hurting anything. You're not hurting anyone if you really like how this person conveys their events. Because a lot of the live reactions, they're usually like a day or two later simply because of how long it takes to edit and cut. Sure. Sure. And so why just wait? Yeah. yeah. But it is, it is something though. And I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit, which is that like, yeah, the people who want to watch you for you, they're going to watch no matter when you upload it. And I think the only thing you really lose is the people who are searching frantically on YouTube for spoilers, like the night, that this, the leaks drop, you know? And so those are like a lot of views will come from that. Um, but yeah, the people who just want to watch you for you, they're going to watch you no matter when you upload. So it, it, that much is really not that big of a deal. And, you know, again, I took a hit in terms of viewership for it, but there's other stuff that I want to do videos on, right? And so I love One Piece. It's amazing. It's my bread and butter. I want to talk about it all the time. I do lots of videos on it. But at the end of the day, it's like there's other things that I want to discuss, and I think that's totally okay. But I, yeah, I mean, if the option's there... And it's free. Just wait, you know, be a little patient. <laughs> and I, I think in terms of like what the, you know, this person was was asking about, like how many people know about, uh, you know, the, the official releases and, and this and that. Like there's not, I mean, I don't think there's really like a, um, it's not really something where I think Viz could just, should just be like pouring millions of dollars into like I don't know Facebook ads. Like, how would you even, right? You know, get get that in front of people or or TV ads or something like that. I think the I mean, issue I, is though most of the fandom, right? Most of the people who follow it on YouTube or like religiously mm -hmm. are looking up the stuff. Like the night the leaks come out, I think they, of course, they know about like the official yeah. translation. I yeah. mean, of course, like naturally they know that. So you're, it's kind of 
irrelevant to, you know, put money into Facebook ads and do that kind of stuff. When people, the hardcore of the hardcore already know, I think if you continue reaching out to the mainstream and get people who who maybe like don't follow the leaks, but just want to catch up to the latest chapter, I think that's more the demographic. You want to go for maybe the anime viewer who's trying to get into the manga, um, right. as opposed to the people who are already following the manga. Because again, you're, you're going to have a demographic of people that are going to wait, but at the same time, there's going to be people who read the scans immediately right and there, think, there's people there's people who read the text spoilers before scans even come out and do yeah. videos on that so i mean there's always going to be somebody before you when you're uploading something yeah there's so much only like these uh corporate media entities can do right. i mean th- this person was mentioning being in south africa and i don't know how like how much reach they right. they have out sure, there sure but right. it's also incumbent within the community to say hey there is an official scans there's official uh translations and either hardbound paperbacks are like online on these websites that's something that doesn't cost anything even if you're yeah. reading from the scanslation i always appreciate it back in the day when people say hey still check out the official work yeah yeah yeah, and that's something I think that is like that that general understanding or the awareness is spreading bit by bit just because yeah. it's like, you know, people will say or, you know, like if you're if you're the kind of person who talks about something on Twitter or Reddit or wherever, um, let's say you're like a more on the low information side, like you're not keeping up with all this stuff. And, you know, people will be saying, well, you know, like when this chapter, like when the official one came out, it said this or that. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's because it's free. You know, you just go on this website. Like that kind of word does filter through. Um, it's not immediate, but you know, I feel like it's it's becoming more and more of a thing that people are aware of. And even things like I, you know, it's a silly thing, but I honestly think it was it's actually kind of ingenious. Is like seeing how many people talk about on uh, on Manga Plus, which is the you know the Shueisha. Uh, side that is right. available to more countries they have the rankings of like which series gets the most views and like it's a you know it's a meaningless thing like it's just like all right who's getting the most hits uh, out of all of the series on this site but like people talk about that a lot on reddit of like oh my god you know we're number one like we're number two we're gonna get up right. to number one and like right. that sort of thing does actually like get people to understand what that website is and why it exists and you know what it offers so um you know i don't know like there's probably something like if if anything i think if there was like one thing that they could do to spend money on that would probably be the most effective use of money would be maybe to make uh to sell of like some tv ads to tsunami or something like that mm. like where you you know you're reaching a certain audience that is into what you're selling and you can just say hey like look come to our website like every yeah. stuff is free that, here's this that's super a good cheap. idea yeah yeah like that's that's about all i could think of but um yeah other than that it's just kind of up to uh you know letting word of mouth do its thing and hopefully you know the the quality of the product will speak for itself and you know anything up i don't think there's really much more they can do short of um you know uh like stopping selling physical uh, magazines and just locking it down to digital only which who even knows if that's ever going to happen uh from the japan side so right um, that's that's about all it comes down to uh all right now that we've talked about that last question on reddit is from john garja now that the worst character in the history of the manga got a cover page who is the <laughs> second worst character who could come back <laughs> Or if that's not your jam, oh who the hell could be a shittier character than Weird Vacuum Lady? Oops, and you're uh, pink? 
Oh, I was gonna say trouble. No, uh, yeah, no. You please guys don't ever give me. Face. If you give all, me a trouble cover story, piece. I'll cry. Please don't do it, Oda. Please. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I take that back. There's one of the character I'm thinking of it now. There is one of the character I hate more than trouble, and that's Flampe. Please do not give me <laughs> oh, a Flampe yeah. cover story. Please. <laughs> Uh, look, good thing Absalom is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, Absalom would be okay if it was like uh, his zombie, you know, like somebody else's shadow and his stuck in his body. <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, there's still time. All right, so that's it for Reddit, Stephen. Uh, that's it for Reddit. Okay, so here we go. We got some peace the tweet. Yeah. All right, time for piece of tweet. First one comes from uh, Martin Lindvid, who says, "Is Odin the Gaston of One Piece? <laughs> Kinemon is the yes. Fan. Yes. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Odin, oh, no. looking so down in the dumps. <laughs> o- Odin's more pure of heart, I think. <laughs> I don't That's know about that. I don't know about that. Like I heard, this, I heard the stories about him as a kid. <laughs> All right, uh, next one." Ho- <laughs> Hoven with an H says, petition to re-edit the One Piece anime so that every villain of the arc says McClunky just before Luffy finishes them off. <laughs> uh, okay. Time for me to say my piece about the whole okay. monkey business. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Resident, Resident, Resident Star Wars nut Alex Kazanis <laughs> says, <laughs> says words. Um, uh, who gives a shit about <laughs> Greedo shooting first anymore? I am so fucking sick of this shit. <laughs> Like they had every to have done single that on time, purpose, right? Like they had every to be like oh, so, just just to annoy so, people. Yeah, this we'll is something one apparently change that Lucas yeah, did. People wouldn't notice. Yeah, yeah. This was a cut that Lucas did before uh, you know the Disney acquisition, almost as if to say, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, fuck these guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit the Greedo <laughs> scene even more. I this would is, not have. I would, I would not have thought it was different. Like I would have totally. Uh, uh, like oh yeah, that 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 was that was the most recent release right that's the sound he makes yeah on the yeah mcclunky is basically the the hatiz word for uh (laughs) (laughs) aka the home improvement sound in the in the song (laughs) it's (laughs) yeah anyway i'm i'm fucking sick of the greedo shoots first debate like it just just don't just fucking watch the despecialized versions like pirate them even you have my permission (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, there's a DVD release of those versions that came out years ago. I actually managed to snap. Yeah, they're so like letterboxed. And- they're they're the la- they're they're rips they're rips of the laser discs, basically. Yeah, mm. I so, mean, I, I I was thinking about that Han shot first today, and like you know what pisses me off the most about it is the fact that like uh, they just don't want to allow characters to be scoundrels anymore. So like we have to give a justification why Han like shoots in self defense. Well, no, Han Solo was a bad dude. He hang yeah. out with a lot of bad boys. Yeah, <laughs> bad boys. Kozuki Odin's bringing scoundrelism back. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, he lets them. No, no, he he says though the ladies can leave anytime they want. So <laughs> still, <laughs> I mean, still being well, a they happen to, they happen to yeah. like nice men. Scoundrel exactly. with a heart of gold. That's yeah, right. He's a nice man. That's, that's the that's the ideal man. All right. Vandal. <laughs> Vandal. Okay. Definitely a scoundrel. All right. yeah. uh, Ken O'Connor posted the picture of Kiku creeping around. Uh, he says, "This is me creeping around the wall at a party." Uh, just Kiku hiding behind the <laughs> like the break in the the panel. 
Um, <laughs> all right. 91 Ryan says a great chapter this week. Loved getting to see how the rest of the Yakuza nine were recruited by Odin. But I got to ask, how did queen Orica Vakusa get out of jail? I thought the Don Quixote family were all thrown in jail by the Marines. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, she, she wasn't technically part of the family, right? She just yeah. ran the, no, she ran the factory. That does, yeah, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean she was like a family member. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like she she worked she for them, on that but big she spread, yeah. exactly. She, she's she wasn't on the spread with them. Okay, yeah, right, right. She, she was a schmuck. She could and, sort of, yeah, sort of slip away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was the government bailout. Obama let her off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. That was before. Uh, was that before or after he ordered the drone strikes on the uh, island of Wakara? <laughs> oh no, no, but that, no, that was definitely after he kept the uh, black snail innocent spying. Of, of <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, when are we bringing? Uh, when are we bringing Punch the Trump back? <laughs> or punch, punch they, Trump I'm, Love? What was it called? What was it? Yeah, that, that's what it was. That short-lived podcast. <laughs> we should do it again. I, yeah, I've been thinking about it for months. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, actually, this one, last one, this last one is not a question. But Mike Morris also did not recognize who the two washed up on the beach were. So you're not alone, uh, no. Roger. Good. I'm glad. Okay. So that that's it for piece of tweet this week. Uh, any any final thoughts from anybody before we round off the podcast? Let's get the show on the road. All right. Let's do it. McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the One Piece Podcast, episode 596 for the week of Sunday, November 17th, 2019. Uh, thanks for coming on, everybody. This week we had a manga recap of chapter 962 and a recap of episode 910 and some piece together. Um, maybe we had a segment of what Zach recorded at Anime NYC. Maybe that'll appear on a future episode. I don't really know. But uh, for now... I uh, just want to thank everyone who came on the show this week. First of all, Roger, how can the people out there contact you? Well, thank you for having me. You can find me on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Instagram at Rogers Base, R-O-G-E-R-S-B-A-S-E. I do live reactions to the official release uh, every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. It was a little earlier this week. It was at 12 p.m. Um, and I also, you know, I'm playing through Pokemon Sword and Shield right now. So if you're feeling like you're in a Pokemon mood, but you also want a little bit of One Piece content, slide my way. <laughs> right on. And Sam, how can the people out there contact you? They can find me on Twitter at Lucky Chainsaw, which I am uh, now changing to the Stunfisk Stan account. They can find me <laughs> on <laughs> AnimeNewsNetwork.com, doing the daily streaming reviews for One Piece, Black Clover, and My Hero Academia. Uh, some of those reviews have been a little late lately, but uh, bear with me. And you can find me on the One Piece podcast every week doing the anime recaps. Also, also read your, read Sam's review of One Piece Stampede. Yeah, that's on there somewhere. Yep. All right, and Stephen. Uh, yes, you may follow me on Twitter at Translatosaurus. Uh, I did uh, say it while uh, Anime NYC was going on. Uh, I did get uh, some an exciting uh, announcement of uh, something that I've been uh, I've just started working on. Uh, I'm still working on the first volume of it uh, for the new Square Enix uh, manga imprint that they have uh, recently opened up, and uh, that is called Ragna Crimson. I talked a little bit about it. 
Uh, it's a, a really cool series. It's not coming out for a while. I think, in fact, I, I don't know if the date is final, but I think the first book might be like August of 2020 or something like that. We're way ahead of it. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to talking more about that when it's actually closer to being out. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think a lot of some people uh, who listen to this podcast will really dig it. So um, I'll talk about it again in the future. Uh, but uh, otherwise, you can just read my work on One Piece and Samurai 8 uh, every week in Shonen Jump and on Manga Plus. Thanks. All right. And Alex. Uh, find me on Twitter at Dude Exclamation. I'm also on Instagram, same handle. And also listen to Hoyaro with me and Joey and Scott. Um, the uh, the new episode is going to be dropping in the next day or so. It is uh, the live action Yatterman movie, so look forward to that. And um, uh, also um, at Weeb Simpsons on Twitter for quality shit posts. I like the one about the Dragon Ball Z set that you did this this week. Thank you, thank you. It's it's got a dual. Did you get the double on? Oh yeah, I got there? the the yeah. Also, the person followed up with uh, cropping your your joke. So. Yeah, I thought that was supremely funny. Very, that's I think perfect. that's the only thing. One of the I've I've only retweeted a couple people on that account, and that was you know maybe the no, that, second or third. So. Definitely worth it. All right. Yeah. Uh, so for the uh, or I'm I'm, I'm going now. i knew you were gonna forget me (laughs) uh sorry brian okay uh i am on uh brian brian newton bannendorf on deviantart yes deviantart dark king zoro all one word on twitter you can check us out on uh, check me out on the animation success stories podcast that's ass podcast on youtube uh where we potentially did some interviews with the creators of Megas XLR Action League Now and one of the character designers from the wacky Sonic cartoon from the 90s. Uh, hopefully the Ooh, audio quality wow. is good on those. We, they're very brief interviews at a convention we went to. And oh, also okay. check out my next episode of Rick and Morty premieres uh, next Sunday. It's uh, I think the title is called One Crew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Hmm. You know, I was just watching, I just finished watching season three of Rick and Morty on the Blu-ray, because uh, <laughs> like that, the new season's out, I have to, I have to, I have to finish watching this. And mm-hmm. uh, I liked your appearance on, uh, your appearance on the commentary, where you are chided for trying to have a serious commentary. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember what I said. What, what no, no, you were just talking about like you know people who had done like certain scenes and stuff, and Justin and and uh, and Dan are just like, what? What even is a commentary? This is just the, the usual Justin and Dan. Like, what do they do on a commentary? Just talk about yeah, whatever. Because they're they're mostly drunk and just fucking around. I at least want to say, hey, these are the people who yeah. brought you scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, yeah, I think that was for Mind Blowers, right? Yeah, that was for Morty's Mind Blowers. That was the the one you had. You were because you directed two episodes last season, but you were only on the one commentary. Yeah, yeah, they only let us do one at a time now. Right. Alrighty, uh, <laughs> Brian, uh, th- thank you for remembering yourself. I, I was trying so hard to remember Sam, and I did, and then <laughs> you just slipped. Out. I was like. Like as you kept going, I was like, "I'm like, he's gonna forget me. He's gonna forget me. He's gonna." <laughs> All righty, uh, I'm not gonna forget myself. I am at Liberty One Piece on Twitter. I'm also at Weeb Trailers. The podcast can be found at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com/slash OnePiecePodcast. OnePiecePodcast at Gmail.com is the email address. OnePiecePodcast is our Skype name. Uh, you can subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on SoundCloud, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Or call us on our phone number. That's 347-497-MAJI.
347-497-6254. Call anytime. Anytime. Call anytime. With your questions, your comments, your uh, your theories, your, uh, I don't know, why your vacuum has a dirty soul. I, I don't know where that came from. All righty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Shoe 10 Martin. I'm just reading titles now. All righty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for the One Piece podcast this week, my name is Ed. And my name is Alex. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.